Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. Those of you that have been listening to these episodes since I first began on January the 7th of 2021, can y'all believe it's been, it's been just a short amount of time, but it seems like it's been a long time. (laughs) However, the name of this poem is entitled Life Lessons. Here we go. No matter how it seems now, trouble won't always stick around. Drama will eventually cease in time. My life, once again, will be all mine. Holding on to what I know, that is where my strength comes from. Telling myself that I'll be okay. And no matter what happens, things will work out fine. I've made many mistakes. Yes, I've been led astray. But the vision hasn't perished inside of me. This may be my meantime experience but I know that it will pass. The destiny that is set before me will not be erased or aborted. Trials will come and I will face them one by one. I will survive of this, I am sure. In every storm, there is a lesson to be learned. So I will learn them and then I will soar above and beyond my greatest imagination. So I do hope that y'all have had a blessed and wonderful day, morning, evening, afternoon, whenever it is that you are hearing this episode. Um, I really kind of just wanted to talk to y'all. I didn't have any particular theme. I didn't have any particular subject. I just kind of wanted to be completely transparent as today has been a very, very interesting day for me to say the very least. So, um... I am cleaning house and this time I'm not talking about my physical home, my physical home. I'm talking about in terms of relationships that I literally had put, I believe, in the wrong category for numerous reasons. Some of them being that maybe deep down inside, I was hoping that um, it would evolve into something greater over a period of time. Some people, I believe I was just giving them the benefit of the doubt Some people I was constantly forgiving over and over again, even though that famous saying, when people show you who they are, believe them, would ring in the back of my head. I was constantly trying to believe what I wanted to believe, whether whether consciously or unconsciously. And so over a period of time, what I'm starting to realize is that everybody is not your friend. Everybody is not for you. And I know some of you are like, okay, so you're a grown woman. And so it really has taken you that long to believe that everybody is not for you. Well, I have a tendency to try to see the good in everyone. And so because of that, I'm starting to realize that that's to a fault. Um, And I have suffered in more ways than one because I do try to see the good in everyone. And so I remember speaking to um, a a very kind-hearted person and I was telling her how 
deep down inside, I do believe that there are more good people in this world than there are bad. And so because my intentions, when I'm getting to know someone, they are of the purest of intentions, I don't start off believing that whomever it is that I'm dealing with would have ill intentions concerning me. And even if they do, I believe subconsciously, I've always hoped and prayed that once they got to know me, that they would literally be like, oh, well, I just had the wrong perception of who you were. You're really not that person. So sorry that I passed judgment on you before I got a chance to get to know you. Um, however, now that I know who you are and how you are, I look at you differently. So maybe subconsciously, that was one of my hopes and why it is that I pursued certain relationships. Um, I remember a long time ago I, when I was in high school that um, there were these two girls. We called them twins, but they weren't twins. They were just, you know, close in age and they wanted to pretty much beat me up. And they really just didn't like me. Didn't know why they didn't like me. I guess that was kind of like the the overall consensus, you know, just don't like Teresa. I don't know. But I remember there ended up being an incident where she and I were on the bus. And so I don't really know a stranger anyhow. And so I started having a conversation with her. Come to find out, we had more in common than we had not alike. And so once she realized that, where at one point she just hated me, couldn't stand me. Um, I was like, okay, well, this is, you know, she. I mean, she literally had this feeling of me and, you know, just couldn't, she didn't even know why she didn't like me. And I think that's the crazy part is sometimes there are people in this world that can, they can't stand you and don't even know why they can't stand you. It could have been maybe, you know, you were in a line or maybe somebody showed you favor or maybe um, they really just thought you were cool people. And this, you know, certain people will formulate an opinion. I don't like her. I can't stand her. I don't like the way she smiles. I don't like the way she walks. I don't like the way she talks. And, and all of that is like pettiness. But there are people that do that. And so um, after she realized that we have more in common, all of a sudden, she was like, you're pretty cool. Now, I knew the whole time that I was pretty cool, quote unquote. But it took us having that dialogue for her to realize, am I really worth somebody fighting? Do you really? Now, I'm not saying that I'm not a fighter because that's the furthest thing from the truth. But at the same time, I was like, so you mean to tell me that you were ready to like jump me or whatever based off of an opinion that you have formulated of me because of how I looked, because of how many people liked me? because of a reputation like is that really a reason to fight somebody and so what I started to realize is that sometimes people do that because they just don't really they don't want to take time out to look within why do I feel this way about you why can't I stand you why am I jealous of you why am I so insecure when you come around what is that issue I remember telling another young lady how she was telling me when they her and her husband first got married she was like, Teresa, there's so many women that are in pursuit of my husband. And I told her, I said, you know, I don't think that it's a, it's, I don't really believe that it's that they're in pursuit of your husband. I believe that they're in pursuit of someone that has the same qualities as your husband. Now, yes, there are some women out there that are very forward um, and they could care less about your title. They're going to pursue you, chase you, whatever the case may be, um, because that's just how they roll.
But I told her in the bigger scheme of things, what I truly believed was that they, th these women admired a lot of the qualities that your husband possessed. And instead of communicating that to you, instead of articulating that to you, instead of letting you know that they don't necessarily want him per se, they just wish that they could meet someone that had those qualities. Instead of doing that, it is, it has the appearance of looking as if they're pursuing him. But I was like, this is why I believe that it's vitally important to be able to communicate, to be able to articulate and convey what it is you truly feel. Because I told I said, if you were to sit down and have a conversation with some of those women, you would most likely realize that it's just the perception that they're giving you. But that ain't really what their intentions are. Really, they just don't know how to tell you, you go, girl. Really, they don't know how to say, well, praise God, you know, you got you a good one. I hope when it's my turn that God will send me a good one as well. Um, maybe they admire the way that he looks at you. Maybe they admire the way that he caters to you. Maybe they admire the way that he loves on you. And so instead of just saying, wow, you know, I really do hope when it's my turn and when it's my time that God will send me a man that'll do a lot of those things. Maybe they don't know how to say that. So it comes across as if they're, they want what you got. And in a sense, they do. They want qualities in a man such as what you have, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they want your man. So I'm like, you got to be careful with those types of statements because then that becomes your reality. So if you make comments like every woman wants my man, and then you're wondering why it is you're constantly having to try to fight them off. Well, you kind of, you spoke that into the atmosphere, boo. So try not to do that. However, um, what I've started to realize is that, yeah, there are a lot of people that will form certain opinions of you, never truly taking time out to get to know you just by either a conversation that they over had that you were having with someone else or a friend of theirs had an encounter with you and it wasn't a pleasant encounter. So they just made up in their mind. Well, because you don't like her, I'm not going to like her either. And a lot of that stuff is just petty. It's just a lot of pettiness, in my opinion. It's It's just childish, high schoolish, petty, just petty. But I said all that to say, as I'm cleaning house, I'm starting to realize that it's certain, it's certain personality types that are not conducive <laughs> to my peace of mind. It's certain things that are just not conducive to my peace of mind. Like I was just talking to a real dear friend of mine and I was telling her how it seems like the older that I'm getting, the more I'm drawn and the more I desire to literally live a life that is drama free. I don't want any drama. I don't, I don't feel like arguing with anybody. I don't feel like being frustrated with anybody. Um, I just want peace. I just want a peace of mind. I truly desire the peace that surpasses all understanding. And so, um, that's where I'm at in life. That's where that's where I desire to be. That's where I'm at. And really at this moment, I think that's what I'm going to continue to pursue. So I just wanted to share that with you. Like if you're in a point of your life that you're just like, okay, this, this right here, I can't do this any longer, you know, and I'm not just talking about relationships. Now, mind you, I have been, I've literally been cutting off some, I'm just going to call it dead weight um, because 
the more that you become mindful of conversations, the more that you listen to certain people, you really, if you pay attention, you will realize it's a lot of people that tell you that they're for you, that they really are not. And based just on the words that are coming out of their mouth, you know, you could really learn a lot from a person just by listening to them, just by listening to them. Be like, oh, okay, so, hmm. All right, this is how far you think that I'm going to get, or this is all that you expect from me, or, you know, okay, so you really have no expectation of this friendship, or you really have no expectation of this relationship. Okay, so this is as far as we, you know, this is this is where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, um, if you just pay attention. So that's one of the things that I've been really doing, um, is just trying to pay attention, even to the people that, let's say I've been dealing with them for years I've just been really paying attention to their heart and what, you know, cause the, the Bible says, however a person feels in their heart is going to come out of their mouth. So I've just been really listening and, um, and just seeing if the actions align with the words. Now I will say this, I'm going to, it's just, I didn't get a chance to elaborate cause I was cut off this last time. So I wanted to talk about that as well. So, um, I was, I had given the scenario about throwing a party or prepping to throw a party. And in preparation of throwing the party, you and this person, y'all collaborate. And as y'all collaborate, you're under, the, you know, you're under the impression like, oh, yeah, girl, we're going to do this together. Um, if it's a fellow, oh, yeah, we're going to do this thing together. I got the balloons. I got this. And the only thing that that person did not do is provide you the key to the location. But they gave you the time and they gave you the date. So in your mind, you're just like, oh, we're good. We're really good. I can't wait. Oh, my goodness. You know, when the word gets out that we collaborated and we did this together, you know how much business that's going to bring. And you're looking at it like y'all are building each other up. That's that's your intent. Your intent is to help edify this person that you are throwing this party with. And you're under the impression that that is their intent is to edify you um, so that both of y'all get your names out there so that both of you are able to be successful together as well as individually. And so you show up at this venue. And when you show up at this venue, guess what? The party's not there. Now, the party is still being had. It's just not there. And you don't have a key into the building. So you don't know if you don't know what's going on. All you know is that you've already, you know, dropped off the balloons. You've already dropped off the decorations and you were ready to show up. You were looking as fly as all get out. You couldn't wait to step off in there and be like, thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, we did that. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Thank you. You know, do your little Miss America wave. You were just so ready. Right. So then you realize, oh, so the person that you collaborated with, they changed everything, took your ideas, took your gifts, took all of that and ran with it and didn't even tell you where the new location was at. So if that scenario happened to you, let's say y'all known each other for over a decade. And when that scenario took place, would you consider that a friend or would you consider that a frenemy or plain old enemy? Um, and I say that because a similar situation occurred. And when it occurred with me, I was like, wow, so this is what we're doing in 2021. Now, the crazy thing is, and that's another thing that you got to know, it wasn't, it wasn't, a, uh, it was not where I thought I'm giving, I gave y'all a different scenario. <laughs> I gave you a different scenario. Something totally different happened, but it's, um, but I said that because I was like, wow, there are times that you may believe that. I put it like this. You will have people in your life where there is nothing that they can't, they can't ask you not to do anything, or there's nothing that they can't ask you that you're willing to do. And that's where you put the value of that friendship. 
But if the roles are reversed and if they were asked, would they do anything for you? They would they would literally tell the person asking that question. Hell no. This is where I draw the line. And so I'm now in a season of my life where I'm wanting to know where this reciprocation lies. And if there is a true if there truly is reciprocation, because I'm really, truly tired of being a part of one sided relationships where I reverence the person, where I respect the person, where I honor the person. And one thing that my mom said a long time ago, she was like, Teresa, everyone doesn't think like you. And the reason why she said that is because I used to be a very timid person. I know it's hard to believe I've come a long way, but yes, I used to be very, very, very timid. And so um, I would not communicate. Like I literally would just allow people to step on me. And I didn't realize that even once I found my voice, there were still situations where I would allow people to step on me. Like that was the last part of the, of my growing that remained. That was like the, that was like the residue of my past. And so, um, what I started to realize is that people will take advantage of that because they know in a sense they could get away with that. And that's because you've taught them. I taught them that that was the way that they could treat me. So my big brother, the one that I've adopted, he had made a comment to me the other day. And he was like, when you are a person that has grown accustomed to be mistreated, you don't realize it, but you end up saying that that's okay for people to mistreat you. And once they get wind, that is okay to mistreat you because they know that you're going to forgive them. You're going to be quick to forgive them. Um, then you will find yourself in situations where they are taking your kindness as a weakness. And in a lot of ways, it could be interpreted as a weakness only because you're not speaking up for yourself. You're not defending yourself. You're not responding in a way that would make them say, that's a line that I will not cross. And so a while back, I talked to y'all about boundaries. Well, one of the things that I started to realize is that there are certain relationships that I had never, ever drawn those boundaries. I had never communicated what those boundaries were. I had never said what my deal breakers were. I had never said what my pet peeves were. So in a lot of ways, that relationship was ran off of assumption. I assumed that this person felt the same way that I did. I'm sure they assumed that I felt the same way that they did. We never looked at the whole picture in terms of a friendship or even if it was a friendship, it could have just been a prolonged acquaintance that I knew that I was calling friend. And so when I started delving deeper into the details, I started to realize, oh, well, um, yeah, this is not quite what I what I consider a friendship. Actually, truth be told, this is not a friendship. And so once I recognized that it, I automatically was held accountable of how I was going to handle that situation going forward. Now, mind you, this has happened in more than one scenario. So it's happened a couple of times um, within the past couple of weeks. And where I once would make excuses for the individuals, I have ran out of excuses. So now it's like, no, I'm going to take time out. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to analyze the situation and I'm going to call a spade a spade. Like there's no more me trying to sugarcoat this. There's no more me trying to make excuses for you. 
Um, I remember there was one person that said one time, people are where they want to be. So I literally um, try to make it a point to support my friends and my family. So like if they, you know, tell me that they got this going on or that going on, you know, Lord knows I will do my best to move mountains to be there. Um, And so this particular situation, that's exactly what I did. And so in doing so, I went from a, to a totally different state only to discover that this particular individual had changed all the information, the venue, the time, the everything. And um, yes, I felt some type of way about that. But this was not an isolated incident. This is something that has transpired more than once in different types of scenarios. And so the more that I started to recognize that, the more I started to realize, okay, so either you don't want me present or my presence doesn't have as much as much weight as your presence does given the same circumstance. And if that is the case, what am I holding on to? If this is not something that's reciprocated, if we are not in a mutual friendship, if this is something where, you know, I would move mountains to try to be there to support you, but you don't truly feel the same. What exactly are we calling this? And so I believe that this is necessary because when it comes to even my dating, because that is something that I will be delving into, um, I need to be mindful of how it is that I'm paying attention to the so-called friendships, that I'm paying attention to my relationships prior to dating. Because that way, if I'm not creating that standard now, when I when I do start delving into dating, I will find myself repeating the same mistakes that I did in the past, making excuses. Oh, okay. So he said he called me and it's been a week. Oh, maybe he just got caught up and, you know, I'll hear from him when I hear from him. Oh, you know, maybe such and such. And here you go, making all these excuses of why this person is not keeping their word. And so if I want something different, I need to do something different. And part of doing something different is making changes. Um, making changes to who it is that I give my time and my energy to. I know that reciprocation is very important for me. So it needs to be reciprocated. It cannot be one-sided. It needs to be reciprocated. And so um, my peace is also very, very important. And so um, I don't want to, I mean, Jesus was a great example. I know he kissed, you know, Judas kissed him on the cheek and all of that. But I, you know, and I know some people just like, well, you got to have at least one Judas Iscariot in your life. Okay. That was Jesus's testimony. All right. I don't think it really has to be mine. He he didn't already live that life. So I don't have to duplicate that. (laughs) So if I recognize the Judas Iscariot in in the in the group, I believe I had the power to be like, peace out uh, because I'm not Jesus. I'm just not. And so um, that's kind of where I'm at with that. That's kind of where I'm at with that. I'm starting to recognize, you know, some of the people that would kiss you on the cheek and the whole time they just like, okay, this is one I need you to murder. You know, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I need you to, you know, take care of that. I'm learning these things. And so, yes, even at the age of 47, you can find yourself in situations where you're just like, oh, so this is not mutual. Okay, well, I'm glad I figured that out before, you know, my life truly depended on you. I'm glad I learned this way. Was it a costly lesson? Oh, definitely. It was that. There was definitely a costly lesson. However, I'm glad I went through it because now I'm able to see And I'm able to change some things. And by changing some things, who knows? 
maybe that's a protecting factor for later. Um, and like I said, this wasn't just an isolated incident. This was something that I started to see a pattern. Um, and I just, I guess, literally just ran out of excuses. And and it's because I do. I really do. I have a forgiving heart. I'm quick to forgive. Um, that's something my aunt pointed out to me because I was like, well, this happened before. How come I did? How come I didn't remember and kind of pull from that experience before? Because then it would have saved me. But if I would have pulled from that experience, then it would have saved me, I believe, from experiencing this. And her comment was, because you're so quick to forgive. And the thing of it is, is that I really do believe that some people on this planet, they have such a loving, forgiving heart that it is to a fault. I really, really do. So like my prayer now is I need you to show me, God, like I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be nobody's fool. I don't want to be that person where I'm seeing what's not there or I'm not seeing what is there. Like I need you to give me that spirit of discernment for it to be so keen to where I'm not easily swayed. And I can see it the way that it truly is and the way that you see it. And then I can make a wise decision of how to go forward. Because at the end of the day, I am really, truly trying to guard my heart. But I don't want to keep making the same mistakes that I made back in high school. I don't want to be making the same mistakes that I made in my early 20s or my early 30s or my early 40s. Like I truly want to be able to do something different so that I can get different results. And so um, one of the blessings um, that I will say is that I am surrounded by not only extraordinary grace and miracles, I'm surrounded by extraordinary people that genuinely do care about my well-being. And so um, there's a scripture that talks about in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. So one of the things, whenever I have to make major decisions, I do my best not to lean on my own understanding. Like I run the scenario by a lot of my loved ones because I'm like, if it's me, if I'm tripping, let me know. If I'm not, let me know. Like I truly tell the, I tell the truth, shame the devil. And, um, this particular situation, it had to do with marriage. So this person was getting married, changed the venue, changed the time and did not communicate that to me. And so, um, I went to a totally different state to show my support only for me to get get there and there is no wedding and to be told that the wedding had taken place an hour prior to my being there at a totally different venue. And even when I tried to rectify the situation, you know, I, I was like, okay, that's water under the bridge. Where's the reception? Then I got some pushback on that too. So it took me going through that experience for me to recognize, oh, okay, so this is what we're doing. This is what you're doing. This is what I'm not going to do going forward. And so, but I made sure that I touched base with the people that I know truly care about my well-being. So I just wanted to let you know that if you are somebody that's been trying to count up the cost and trying to figure out what's truly going on, and maybe you just don't know where to go from here. Play this back a couple of times. (laughs) Try to figure out what your next move is going to be. Because when you close your eyes permanently, you need the people that truly care about you to be the ones that are praying, interceding, and there for you. You don't need any Judas Iscariots. You need the people that are going to 
truly be there for you, that don't mean you no harm, no foul, and that love you beyond words. You be encouraged. Have a blessed and wonderful day. And like I always say, take care of yourselves because there's only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.